Will the soundtrack kindly produce a sound? Go on. Don't be nervous. Go ahead. Any sound? <laughs> well, that isn't quite what I had in mind. Hey everybody, it is your commissioner Mac and I'm back with another uh, Coastal Elite Fancy Baseball update. This is my third attempt at doing this, second that will go out to the masses. Uh, welcome uh, to week 18. The um, music abruptly ending in the background is me showing that I have no idea what I'm doing. Now, we are midway through week 18. I'm going to start this off with a little bit of news and notes, and that is we are at the end of the regular season. Week 18 is it for us. Next week, we begin our playoffs. Now, if it seems like the regular season is a little bit shorter than you might expect, that's because it is. The reasoning that went behind this decision was essentially I was trying to manually manipulate the postseason as little as possible. And of course, to do that, I needed to use the options available to us. And rather than allow weirdness that comes with one week playoff periods, I went ahead and went with two-week playoff periods for each round. So six top six teams from each league are going to make the playoffs. Four teams will be eliminated, but if you are eliminated, like I'm about to be this week, do not stop paying attention. Uh, you are going to be playing for positioning in the draft next year. So our consolation tournament winner is going to wind up drafting first, or actually, I think, technically picking where they draft, and hopefully you're probably going to draft first because... That's usually where the best value is overall for the course of the draft. Now, what I'm going to do this week is kind of similar to what I did last week. I'm going to take a look at both leagues, divisions, one at a time. This week, beginning with the Coastal Elite South. Before I do, I will also remind you that there's a payout on the line for some individuals for this week as well outside of just the overall standings we have a first half and a second half champion so what i'll do as part of this rundown is just take a closer look at each championship half excuse me each first half and second or sorry the second half champion for each league uh as well note that Anything the numbers you're listening to here are going to be in my weekly wrap-up that I will post as well. I'll do my best to talk through this as well. So if you're not looking at that right now, you shouldn't be too in the weeds. So with that said, let's go ahead and get into the wrap-up for the South. So we will start with a look at the second half championship. Currently, this is a two-man race, effectively, since one of the caveats is that if you win the second half championship and also won the first half championship, 
it will actually go to the team with the best overall record that finished second in either the first half or the second half. Right now, we have Team Carlin, uh, Ken Harvey, Harvey Waite sitting at 14 and 2, Norm McDonald, Dean, 13 and 3, and Edward, uh, Frederick Coyotes, at 12 and 4. Edward already won the first half championship, so his payout is secured. So, in the weird event that there be some sort of uh, tie between Edward and either uh, Carlin or Dean ahead of him. Whoever is tied with him will get the payout instead. I think I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the first half champion actually ended up doing far worse than whatever the best records are right now. Uh, it's actually been kind of interesting looking at the numbers between the first half and the second half, and maybe I'll lay this out next week or the week after. But... Everything for both leagues was jammed up together closely in the first half and spread out and kind of separation occurring in the second half, which makes a ton of sense. If you're taking a look at this from a roster building perspective, especially with baseball, there's a lot of really good players still on the waiver wire late into the April, early May, hell, even into June and July sometimes, just because people are not willing to give up on past names that are occupying the roster. And I think that plays into it a little bit. I think if I do this again next year, well, the league will be here next year. I'm not going to humor Carlin and say, I'm going to blow things up and go away. Next year, there probably will not be a first half and the second half championship, kind of like there was this year for that reason. If anything, I may try to get a little more creative with the payouts. Maybe there might be something like most improved or least improved, or sorry, most improved over the first half to the second half. But I don't think splitting the championship like this is going to make sense. I actually, to get into the weeds a little bit, took inspiration from minor league baseball, Japanese baseball, other leagues of old that would actually do it just like this with a split season with a first half champion and second half champion and using those to identify the playoff teams. I was trying to kind of honor that tradition with this idea with the payouts and I think it's worked fine, but I wouldn't do it again. Interesting enough, Carlin right now, like I said, is heading into this week with a 14 and two second half record until last week. He had actually been 14 and 0 over the second half, which was loath as I am to admit for him, pretty amazing. So that that 0 and 2 hit last week he took, finishing ooh, eighth in the overall scoring, was enough to make this from a runaway to Ah, pretty tight between him. You got Dean one game back. You got Edward two games back. But it's, again, really Carlin and Dean on this one. In the event of a tie, I think the edge is really there with Carlin. He's at 2,800 points to, to, to Dean's 2,600. It'll be interesting to how, see how this plays out. I haven't been taking a look at anything uh, score-wise much this week outside of my own team. So we will see how this shakes out. Taking a look at the overall results for Week 17, actually, a funny thing has happened with the, the JC Penny Pimps, my own team. We have now finished the last two weeks overall first in scoring. Classic case of too little, too late since 
effectively, I am really, really out of the playoff picture. I'll talk more about that in a moment. There's a 8% chance I make the playoffs, but it's going to take a lot of, lot of weird stuff happening for me that to happen. Uh, any really only other thing to note is essentially weirdly Carlin finishing in that eighth spot is sort of a aberration uh scoring usually we uh i might talk about somebody scoring big scores i don't really focus on somebody scoring so poorly but that was a bit of a weird thing for him uh and we will see if that carries forward now taking a closer look at the standings a lot is riding on this this final week it doesn't seem like much but in addition to you payouts for top overall seed uh your first and your second seeded teams are going to receive a first round buy currently the three teams i just mentioned in the hunt for the second half championship are your three leading the division for the south Edward in first with 23 wins, Dean in second with 22 wins, Carlin right nipping at the heels with 21 wins. So all D all Edward needs is just at least a share of a one win this week. And he clinches at least a first round by Dean nipping at his heels again with Carlin. It's, it's really close. I, 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 it's unclear how that's going to shake out, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Next up, you have the next tier, which would be whoever doesn't get the first round by with that group and Josh essentially having clinched playoff spots. Technically, Josh might be able to, to miss the playoffs, but it would take... An 0-2 week and getting outscored by a lot of points by either Sanjay sitting in the sixth spot right now or Pap sitting in the seventh spot, virtually neck and neck with one another heading into this last week, which kind of drops us in with the next set of teams. And that is playoff hopefuls sort of on the bubble. Maddie, Sanjay, Pap are all sitting at 5th, 6th, and 7th. Maddie has got a 17 wins, Sanjay 16, and Pap sitting there at 16 as well. It can check out anyway for any of those teams. Then you have the next tier, myself. At 14 wins, I could theoretically make the playoffs if a lot of shit breaks my way right now. Now, even being in this position is a minor miracle. Like I said, having basically sat in the doldrums in the basement of the standings for the past couple of weeks or most of the season, I had two weekly high scores catapulting me to a, a beautiful 14 and 20 record overall. And should Sanjay go into, I would have a bit of play in that because I'm playing in this week and Pap go 0 and 2 and I outscore both of them by I can't remember what it was off the top of my head but I think about 140 points your commissioner would be eking into the playoffs 
with that final six seed. Now, is that going to happen? I don't fucking think so. <laughs> Sanjay right now has a tight, because I have been paying attention to this one. Sanjay and I have been close so far this week, and I don't see him finishing in the bottom half of the score. So at minimum, he's going to get a, a win versus the league, I believe. And that crushes any possibility of me slipping into that final slot. Even if he didn't, as close as it's staying right now, I don't see myself having as big of a week as I had last week, for instance, and being able to really catapult ahead by 140 points in the event those other two things happen. But that said, who knows? Weird shit happens all the time. Even after today's games, we've got an entire weekend of games, which is essentially half the week uh, with the way scheduling works out. So anything is possible. Finally, we've got Jong and Brett. Decent as their teams have been most of the season, the last few weeks have just been terrible for them. I know Jong at one point had a PR plus of 100 and now slipped all the way down to 83. Brett is at a league low 75 and both are completely, completely out of the, play, out of the playoff picture. But like I mentioned... Each of them still have something to play for in the second, in the postseason, and that is playoff position. And that has been your look at the Coastal Elite South. Next, we're going to take a look at the Coastal Elite North that has been equally as interesting uh, heading into the end of the season as well. So let me find a button to press. There we go. That sounds fantastic. So, Coastal Elite North, second half championship. Philly Fred currently leading all comers. Similar situation that we have going on in the Coastal Elite South. Fred already secured his bag on the first half of the season. So, even if he wins the second half championship, doesn't add on to anything that he doesn't already have. So, this turns this into a two-man race between Callow and Jude. I took a look at the first half championship previously, and in the first half, the second place team was actually Jade, uh, Joey uh, D with 11 wins. So Callow currently heading to this last week has one more win. So if he were to finish in second, he would surpass the first half second place winner and get the payout that goes with this second half championship. Though that said, Jude sitting there right behind him. Catastrophic week from Callow. 0 and 2 finish with Jude going 2 and 0 and outscoring him by uh, about 110 points, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. And Jude takes home your second half crown or at least the payout not the crown that's that might end up going to fred but either at least as far as Callow is concerned he still has the opportunity to win the second or the uh, second half championship outright overall so that should be interesting to see moving on to some notes uh on the second half uh, or week 17 results just like my team on the south my co-managed team with Kenny managed to find a way to somehow score the most points in the league last week. So congratulations, Kenny. I know you're not even paying attention, so no showing for the league. 
podcast. No showing for the management. That's okay. I got you covered. We got the top score last week. Other things to kind of note. I, I I feel like Don and Liz have been on a bit of a hot streak lately as well. They were sort of mired in a sort of slump heading into the middle part of the season, but lately they've crept up in the standings, which I'll get to in a second. And maybe this is the momentum they need heading into the playoffs. I don't know. We'll see. Next, we'll go ahead and take a look at the standings. And similar, there's a lot of stuff still coming down to the wire here in this week 18 regular season champion without a doubt already decided fred is walking away with this one 27 and 7 record right now nobody's stopping him right behind him are the trio that seem to have been following him all season long of callow jude and jd with 22 wins 21 and 21 wins respectively Three men, again, kind of fighting for that coveted first round bye in the playoffs. Now, overall, we got Callow and Jude are probably your front runners and total points scored. Should there be any sort of tie, they're almost neck and neck. Uh, with JD falling... Uh, farther behind uh, down there uh, with about 10 points less per game. But depending on how this week shakes out, any of those teams could walk away with the buy and potentially the advantage heading into the playoffs. Regardless, all three of those teams, along with Fred, have clinched uh, any sort of playoff positioning. Next, sort of in that range, is the with four teams so dominant most of the season that leaves just two teams to fight it out for the last two play or sorry three teams to fight it out for the last two playoff spots and a similar sort of game of uh chairs here we got 17 wins for don and liz 16 wins for dan and 15 wins for the other joe joe fortune now this has been a disappointing second half, I feel like, for Dan the Man, unfortunately. Led the league early, not 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 super late into the year, but at least through five weeks, if I remember correctly. He was our front runner and just sort of gradually falling off in the meantime. I believe he, he'll need at least one win to give him that edge this week since it looks like for the most part, he would have the tiebreaker on total points. Should he and Joe end up tied for that last spot? Don and Liz have the edge for one of these playoff spots as well. They would have to really have a, a terrible week this week, go Owen two and end up having a, uh, Joe go two and zero to even remotely have that opportunity of bouncing out, and Joe does have the edge in total points right now, so that is a very real possibility. Don and Liz then effectively control their own fate by at least needing to end up in the top half of the scores this week, or get a cupcake head-to-head -head luck victory or something. Then finally, you have Hanley, Matt, and 
Ken at 13 wins, 10 wins, and a paltry eight wins for Ken and my squad, rounding out the better luck next year group. But again, I, I mentioned this in the uh, top half in the north, uh, south coverage. In case you weren't listening to that bit and you popped, uh, fast forwarded ahead. But even if playoff hopes are out of reach here, playoffs provide an opportunity to at least get a better draft position. So keep setting your lineups moving forward. I plan on doing my best to cover a lot of that as well over the next couple of weeks. Each round of the playoffs is two weeks. So kind of to, 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 to take this home a little bit. You will not be setting your lineup for a full two week period. I talked to uh, I talked to ESPN support about this prior to the playoffs. If you make the playoff or everybody's playing the playoffs, excuse me, you'll set your lineups just like you would for one week. Waivers would run when they normally would. In the second week, you'd set your lineups on Monday just like you would any regular week. It's just the accumulated total of two weeks versus just the one-week periods we have for the regular season. And that's it. Uh, I can't think of anything else worth bringing up here. I do want to give a shout-out to Hanley. This was Hanley's first year playing fantasy baseball. And for the most part, he hung around in the playoff picture. Even if you take a look at his PR Plus and total points scored, he has a high enough performance to have been in one of the top six just not the way things shook out this year with the way the points were distributed and the matchups went and that is unfortunate but it has been good having him around and hopefully he's been enjoying himself uh well let's see what else is worth bringing up here i i don't know uh if kenny if no show kenny was here we'd give something to, the, to to ramble on about but i will do my best to get him in for the playoff coverage as we move forward but that's it that's all i got for right now guys so thank you for joining me and i am gonna play myself out with oh i should have found two actual songs to use instead of just the one that i found for the intro so please enjoy this really generic riverside song take care everybody